This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. I'm just uh, shot a music video this weekend. New song, uh, or not a new song, but new video for uh, "Think About a Chick" up on the YouTube channel. It's doing pretty well, and you know, um, trying to figure out uh, this gaming PC with uh, your brother, and uh, you know, we trying to, you know, I'm trying to get in this uh, this streaming game because there's, there's nothing else to do, James. <laughs> <laughs> Except, you know, the evil, what you may call wrestling, <laughs> you know. So I was just I was gonna ask you since you um since you shot this music video, like, so what were you going for? Are you paying homage to MC Hammer and the pumps in a bump video? Or you out there <laughs> you out there to spin the speedo? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. I, sh- I shot the video right in the living room. Oh, okay, I have not seen it yet. I need, I need to see it. You've sent it to me a few times. I've not got around. I've not gotten around to seeing it. I've been too busy trying to just just drink and guzzle down all the puro. Dude, I've watched three, th- no, four different shows, four different Japanese wrestling shows in the last uh, twenty four hours. Um, How does it feel? <laughs> I've missed it. <laughs> I've missed it. <laughs> like uh, because. Um, last weekend, I believe, uh, was supposed to be Stardust pay-per-view. Ended up getting, um, postponed till the 12th or two weekends ago. So, like, there was, they just had no weekend, they just had a weekend just free. So I was like, I don't even, I don't even know what to do with myself. Like, I'm used to getting two shows. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just save them for, like, a couple weeks. Um, so I ended up doing that. And then it was like, I guess I'll check out the, the Cyber Fight thing. Like, Zach and, and you have been talking about it and i'm like all right i get to it and then i look to go watch it today i'm like it's six hours oh, i'm yeah. not doing it that like a, bro <laughs> I, when, I got his axe uh, i watched it with zach and jamie um so we pulled it up and bro we was just letting them their matches play it from the beginning like super undercar style like not even paying attention and then but look up oh, okay it's time to pay attention and it's like an hour into the show so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was. We'll get to it later. But I uh, really enjoyed that show a lot. Yeah, I, I like what I saw of it. So yeah, man, let's get into it, man. Um, Dominion was this morning. 
we have a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. It is not the Rainmaker. It is Shingo Takagi, the Dragon. Um, what are your thoughts? I guess I was categorically wrong uh, last week when I said I, I may have said like Okada or was virtually a guarantee to win this match. He was not, but um, I uh, am very happy for Shingo Takagi uh, to to get this belt, and it's it's amazing. We're gonna pretty much instantly be vindicated by saying he should have been the one to get about 12 months ago um and, and you know i'll go ahead and, and preemptively take the victory lap on that uh, yeah he's been incredible all year um just yeah you know i think he's the leading candidate possibly for um your wrestler of the year like your um you know your the you know you know what i'm talking oh, about uh, Henry, but um or most yeah. most outstanding wrestler for yeah um, yeah, and now yeah, Earl Wars is the is the in ring performer. Yeah, he's he's just been incredible in all these big matches, and um, it really like shakes up what you thought may have been like this regimented pattern in New Japan's booking, where it's like, well, maybe Shingo has to wait another year to get it, or oh wow, they'll actually put Shingo on top. Who knew that they'd actually do it? So. That I know is you know a, a small hope, but you know that gives me hope for you know someone like an Ishii or something like that. Just to, <laughs> Don't do just it. To, you know, you know, <laughs> uh, you know. But but Shingo like uh, getting that belt, it's like well, it, it's it's gonna be real funny. You know, you start looking at Lij, it's like man. So like the someone that that's not the unit leader is the world champion. How does that work? Um, so. That's going to be, I think, a, a bridge they may have to eventually cross. I think that would be kind of exciting. Um, I, I'm really happy for Shingo because, like, a, another loss here would have been devastating, and we all thought it was coming, uh, especially off of losing to Osprey, uh, losing losing a lot of matches, big matches in a row. But he turned this one around, and it was almost like I don't know why we didn't once think like, "Hey, Shingo can actually do it here," but. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's uh you know, like Okada brought up actually a lot of uh, interesting talking points in the interview he did. Yeah, I didn't check that out. What? Go ahead. Yeah, what did he say to you that stood out to you? Um, he was just basically burying New Japan for like the last year uh, of what (laughs) they were doing with the double belts. Shit was a bad idea. Um, you know, he never really thought much about Shingo except that he was another wrestler from another company. Essentially, he brought up his matches with Kenny because he was like, well, you know, can a, can a big match really like, you know, can you do good business off the best bouts? And then he said, like, well, you know, there was me and Kenny like <laughs> like we did that. But um, and there was just a, a level of like transparency in Okada, of course, within storyline that right. you don't really see because, you know, if you're not following the shit super close, but uh, I made it a point to watch that. But he mentioned something about Shingo where it was like, you know, it, if it's Shingo's time, but what happens next after Shingo? And I hate to say, to, of course, I, I want to be in the moment with Shingo here. And I don't know if there was this arduous climb with Shingo rather than just like this respect everyone just carried for Shingo, mm-hmm. which is going to carry, carry him through. So um, his first challenge is going to be Ibushi. So I'm sure they'll have a great match. But um, going forward, I, I don't know if Shingo stops the bleeding 
that's in New Japan, but he definitely uh, is a turn of, like he he's applying pressure on the tourniquet, I believe. So, like I is just once you beat Okada for that belt, I always look around like what else is around there for you. Um, and in comparison to the Cyber Agent show, I was looking at the ages for some of those guys that are like ace level performers in New Japan you're not seeing those guys at the same age so uh, i'm still just kind of big picture in all this stuff and it's all probably just coming out uh in a smorgasbord of like vomit right now but i think i, I believe it's called awesome. a stream of consciousness it's kind of what i do when we talk i was like i just we talk and i'll just like go on forever because i'll just think about all the things that come to mind because i'm not like really giving any definitive answer i'm just thinking of all these different things uh yeah and, and I don't know if Shingo's going to have the pressure on him to, to to do big business or anything like that. But I mean, we can start with the great matches. We'll, let, let's start there. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, what, what do you think about Shingo getting this uh, belt? Um. So, all right, let's talk about it, man. The fucking algorithm has fucked me again. Um, you know, it got normally, me this morning too. So. Norm- Normally, when if it's a stardom show, I'll just I'll just you know either I'll stay my ass up, pay the money for pay per view, and just stay up and watch it. Right? Like that's one of the that's a like that fifty bucks is like just the best peace of mind to know that like I'm just gonna get my ass up because I spent fifty dollars, so I know I'm gonna get my ass up at like two three in the morning and watch this shit, and I can do go on and go back to sleep or whatever else. So, mm-hmm. um, but before then, it used to be like nope, nope. Like uh, Grand Grand Prix final night. Nope, just I'm staying away from checking anything, not checking email. Just like because I've been screwed over so many times. Like so, but anyway, when it comes to New Japan, like I, I just didn't think about it. And I, you know, you do you scroll once or twice, and you on, you know, you have your guard up. Like, is this some bullshit? I'm about to scroll and see. Does that look like this? <laughs> do I see NJ? Nope, nope. Look away. Um, app. You know, you go away from the app. You go back to the app. The app refreshes, and the next thing you know. A, a tweet that you liked because obviously it's like is your twitter account you liked it you had no you have no idea that i'm going to see it but the f- stupid fucking algorithm says hey you interact with this person you like the things he likes you talk to him about the thing uh, in, in context so let's show let's put on the summer jam screen a like that you liked uh that rich liked and i'm just like man i'm so sick and tired of this fucking algorithm takes so much joy for me <laughs> Like I, I can't, I just can't. So, um, I, I went off on some rant talking about how much it fucking sucks, and I hate, I hate Twitter, even though I'm on it all the time. Um, and then Jamie made the, the suggestion of, hey, have you considered moving to Japan? Yeah. So, so I was just joking around. I was like, I'm, I'll, I'll make a, just go ahead and make a pros and cons list. And let's you, go through that. You want to go through it? Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let, let me pull up real quick. Um, so. <coughs> Japan's a far way away, you know. It's thirteen but, to fourteen hours away because you know we don't, I, right now it's thirteen hours because you know um, they don't observe uh, daylight saving times. They're smarter than us, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the first pro that I had on the list was weekly trips to Cork and Hall shows. Right? Can't argue with that. Right. Right. 
She, yeah, you, you probably watch. You know, you you can watch Freedoms in there, probably James. <laughs> oh my god! If you want you imagine if you had a Big Japan? Show? I haven't been to GCW, let alone fucking Combat Zone Wrestling. You think I go to Freedoms? Hell no. So, um, you got that. Uh, I said morning prime times. Uh, American sports and in um, like pro wrestling. So like, if a show starts at eight o'clock here that means it starts over there at like 9 9 a.m 10 a.m depending on the time of the year so that, nba just, finals nine in the morning that'd be awesome or 10 that, that'd be awesome so then i put in hashtag ahead because you know just just to be funny i'm ahead of y'all on the on the globe so uh healthier food options obviously better potential health care uh, and then I said, and then I must learn a second language to to live amongst the people, right? The cons: six foot four in Japan. Yeah, bro, you ain't getting no clothes, no shoes, no no um, good seat seats. on the subway. No, like a good seat, um, like a toilet. Yeah. Um, shit. Trying trying to think, like um, it's bad. You know, it's hard it, enough to be yeah, six foot any, four in any America. Type of public transportation. Right, it's yeah. better to be six foot four in America, let alone in Japan. Uh, and then we then we start getting to to the shit. So it's like a minority in a homogenous ethno state. And then I put in quotations some of the kids over there that have black English teachers think that their teacher is made of chocolate. I've seen it. I did not know this. I, I didn't know what you meant by that when when I saw There's this a, message. You know the TikTok alg- another algorithm. TikTok sends you shit from when you like. So for example, like for some reason, it's I, not even when you like stuff on TikTok. It's when you watch it for too long. Yeah. So um, there's this guy in Japan that's an English teacher, um, and he talks about his encounters with the students, and he talks about all the microaggressions he has to deal with where they ask him all these questions and stuff about like his skin, his hair. They, and then like the kids that are in his school, but aren't his, that aren't his students. Like they, they think he's made of chocolate and shit. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And he's like, are you made of chocolate? No, I'm not made of chocolate. Chocolate cake. No chocolate cookie. No chocolate. syrup, No, it, I, I will send you the link and I'll find it. But I saw that's, I, I, that's I, absolutely this, incredible. This person has been on my on my thing like in my uh, for you page like every so like maybe like I see him two three times a week, telling these kind of stories. And it's just it's like black wow. in Japan. I mean, you can go on YouTube and type in like uh, black in Japan or black in Tokyo, and you'll see these stories. Like it's, it's they they do. I, I they imagine no it. no. I imagine the chocolate stuff comes with a lot of Kong and Godzilla jokes as well. I. I haven't heard it yet, but it's within the realm of possibility. It's quite, yeah. And you know that, you know, blackface over there too. Um, anyway, so, and then the last thing, and this was, this was really, um, this was the main thing was, uh, and then the, the last con was they are rarely thick over there. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm going down. I'm going down the list a little bit further down, and we added more things as far as like you know, they, they aren't as far as along in vaccinations as we are, but they do mask up at almost all times. So that, that's a pro and a con right there. Um, but I'll look to it further. But right now, as of now, I am considering staying put. So because um, because of the the 
the rarely being thick part is like the number one or was that number two on the on the list like where we got that at okay so if we being real uh for the <laughs> if we being real for the uh the cons list that i had listed i'm a, number one on the list for, for why uh for why james bull would probably not be going over to the land of the rising sun uh it was the one that i could not completely make sound not problematic but i'll I'll basically say this i need i need not i need because that that, that's that's i just off preference i would prefer something with like a a, a pretty significant curl pattern so a lot is really a lot of like just no curl straight hair out there and that and look no i'm not saying i don't like that i just talking about what i prefer not that much out there, and then once you throw in the fart, what well, ain't really thick out there. I, I, I think I'll stay on. I think I'll stay over here. I think I'll stay on the Western Hemisphere, and and, and see and just see how my luck runs from here on out. Like you know, as far as food, I'm not concerned oh, about man. the food. I'm not concerned about the food, but but yeah. Um, as far as Shingo, <laughs> <laughs> as far as Shingo, super happy. There's a dude that. You know, came into New Japan in, in what late 2018 or mid 2018? Like late 2018. And you know, by the time we got to that uh, corresponding um, Russell Kingdom, now it's the first time seeing him. Super impressed. And then he goes through Best of Super Juniors. He uh, he ends up uh, beating was it Kojima? He beat the, the transition over to Never. Uh yes. Yeah, and then he's in the Grand Prix. Get the Grand Prix, the G1. Like before, I used to call the, G- the Grand Prix G1. I'm calling the G1 Grand Prix. Um, now, and then he was in that. Uh, I almost did it again in the G1, and he was awesome. And he's just been one of their most consistent performers ever since he's been in been in you know their buildings in in the ring. Um, and I'm super happy for him. The dude's just the dude's just one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I'm watching that match, and I see they get to the 15 minute call, and I'm like, this typical Okada match. He has his shit at a certain level simmering for like the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, so I'm like, all right, I hear the 20 minute mark. They start picking up at like the 15 minute mark. 20 minute mark is going is, is when they really take off. And I'm just like, wow, he hasn't, he hasn't thrown the drop kick yet. He hasn't hit the drop kick yet. That's crazy. And then at the 30 minute mark, <laughs> right at 30 minute mark, he has to drop the first one. I was like, Holy shit! They've been re- they've been out here doing Olympic level re- Olympic level wrestling for like the last like twelve minutes, and now they get to the drop kick, and then they went to like the th- to past thirty five minute mark. And I'm like, it, it was just awesome. Like Shingo's work on the back was awesome, and I'm super happy for him. Just get overall to it. Just like he's one of those people that you hope that it happens for, but you you're not sure that it's going to happen. You pretty much think it's never going to happen, and it does happen, and. You're just grateful that it happened, and regardless of the circumstance or whatever else, um, they can straighten that on the back end or whatever else. But, um, like you said, you ain't got to worry about putting him in the semi-main event or the main event with the championship belt and ripping it up. That's all he does. All he does is have great matches. Um, and, you know, the fact that they end up going past 35 minutes with me is like, if at this point now with me, if you go if you go past 30 minutes, you better have a damn good reason. And it's those two. And I think that's their best match. Like I, I thought, I thought that their best, the best match of the G1 last year may have been their match. Um, but I think this is better than that. Um, just, just incredible back and forth. Shingo, just, Shingo's work on the back was just incredible. 
Um, and just the fight towards the end down the, down the stretch. And I mean, it's a crazy match. I think that like how the crowd was clapping like with their forearms, like and it was like because you know the crowd just wants to go fucking nuts. And it yes. was it was hard for me to judge this match. Like going back to watching the clap crowds, like from watching like AW, like mm-hmm. as far as like what's getting over and um, stuff like that. But that mm-hmm. was something very significant. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think the thing for me was. They actually, you know, because Okada has his his clap cadence or whatever else, and they were actually in, you know, once he was in danger towards down the stretch, like they were they were living and dying with him, and then they were going back and forth with who was in control based off of you know the back work and with um, Okada's work, like trying to choke him out, and I mean it plays very well into their their G one match where just like he he made she uh, he made Shingo pass out, so. It, it was just, it was you know, two masters of the craft just going out there and, and um, whipping up something. I, for me, it's the best match I've seen this year so far. Like, I did not see Shingo versus uh, Osprey. Like, I, I know that's in um, as high a regard or maybe more. I just haven't seen it yet. I'll go, I'll get around to it. But yeah, this is be- this is the best match I've seen so far this year. Uh, I, I loved it. Just <laughs> like. Those are the guys you want to see go thirty, or or those guys you are okay with going past thirty five minutes. Like, like Jay White is a great wrestler. I don't want to see him go past thirty five minutes. I don't. Those guys, yes. Yeah. Um. I I really hope Shingo kind of keeps the belt through the dome season, honestly, because honestly, another like I've always I've started hearing people, yeah, they go back to Okada and Naito in the dome, and I gotta say. That bores the fuck out of me. Uh, at this point, like they, they they're fourth match in the Tokyo Dome. Like, really? Like we're we're squeezing this this that much? And you know, I'm probably gonna you know get a text or something like that's their biggest drawing match and all this other stuff. I'm like, maybe that's the problem. Like you know, like like you're just going everything's just circling back to this where it's almost like this thing that that feels old and stale, like. That's why I, th- I think Shingo is a great, fresh uh, addition to to the very tip top here. And quite frankly, I hope he holds that fucker. Yeah, and I mean the main thing when it comes down to it is like, how long is he going to be the champion? Is he going to hold it to uh, Tokyo Dome? I don't know, and I quite I, I probably doubt it. But it's time for them to get off their ass and and get somebody elevated. And I don't mean. We push Jay White as a top heel. We push Will Ospreay, and then we turn him heel. We want to push this stop and start shit that we've done with Sonata. Uh, We pick someone that has no business even being at the in that fucking spot, like Evil. Like you have your show, like you have your shows, your yos. uh, you have uh, someone like Great Khan who's new but is charismatic and is, and is over with the people, like that that like that group of like the five of like the people that had been around for five years around the mid card they were hoping to in- inject up the main card slowly. You fuck that. It's it's over for Sonata and Evil. Move on. <laughs> like yeah, I I don't ever want to see either of them, especially Evil. Like, Evil's Evil's just. <sighs> Like, I'm I'm done with that. Like it, but the main thing is like, you have a champion that is 
that's that's not invincible. He's not some killer. Like he should be able to have compelling matches with and mix it up with the guys and with some of the guys at the top of the card until his time or whatever else. Like I think Ibushi is going to get the belt back eventually because uh, it made no sense for him to lose it that quick anyway. And then like with the Osprey thing, who knows what was, going to, what was supposed to happen with that? But like if he comes back or whatever else, like those that's kind of the mix. Like and it really relies on them to get creative and like make somebody that's you know has been around for four years already. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a Jeff Cobb, but who knows? It depends on if Will comes back or not. Probably. Yeah, man. Um, but that's all I got on that. Yeah. So Jeff, just to che- I would suggest checking out Jeff Cobb versus Abushi. Great match. Um, just <laughs> uh, they they did a lot of crazy stuff around countering in and out and hitting each other with uh, Kamagoyes. Just just really good match. You know, I already know who won based off of who came out at the end of the night, but. Um, yeah. I would say that I ended up giving it four and a half. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Um, so we also checked out uh, Cyber Fight Festival. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's Pro Wrestling Noah, that's DDT, and Tokyo Joshi Pro all um, under the Cyber Fight banner, which is um, basically to in, in uh, Japan, there's two labels. <laughs> like, there's. <laughs> There's Bushiro and there's Cyberfight. Yeah. Right? Cyberfight owns these three promotions while uh New Japan owns two of them. Well Bushiro owns Stardom in, in New Japan, yeah. Yeah. So um, you know they did a uh three promotion show and it was awesome, has great reviews on Cage Match, uh it's like a show of the year contender. It's like nine point one zero on there. Um it was a very long show. It was uh, built up like there was some good stuff early, but there was some you know stuff that was goofy and um, you know there was some some you know undercard Joshi stuff that was cool, um, but pretty much I want to focus on the block um, between the six man tag and the Princess of Princess title match. Um, you know I, I can talk about you know the two title matches as well, but uh, James didn't see those, but uh, yeah, so we had a six. Uh, he didn't see this one either, but it was a six-man match. Uh, it was Momo, uh, no Shishun tag. So that's Atsushi Kotoge and Daisuke Harada. Uh, and, and Jaime O'Hara, they defeated Stinger. Uh, oh, nope. Wrong one. Let's see. <laughs> okay, it was Damnation. It was Damnation versus the 37 Kamina. So Daisuke Sasaki, Soma Takao, and Tetsuya Endo is a personal favorite of mine. Defeated Mao, Shun, Katsuwamata, <laughs> and Chris Books. That is that is a difficult one right there. Um, when Endo was faced off with Mao, that's what you pretty much want to come to this match for. RLPW, Tessia Endo is like, like on that Finn Balor class of like I've never even looked at a carb. Um, <laughs> Chris Book Brooks was uh, awesome in the match, but uh, really tight, fast work there. Uh, but this, let's get to this twelve man tag team match. It was essentially Noah versus DDT. Um, it had a little bit of everything in it. It had lots of hard kicking. It had comedy. It had great wrestling you know it was just uh it, it had two different philosophies yes um and i'm pretty sure um if you heard me talk about ddt and their ass to mouth wrestling you kind of know what side i was rocking with um 
it was quite obvious. I keep in mind, like I know a hand, like if I know any of the three promotions, I know Tokyo Joshi Pro because of my me trying to run through or me trying to run through what me trying to learn as much about Joshi over the last two years as I uh, two and a half years as I possibly could. So like I'm familiar with Miyu Yamashita and Yuka Sakazaki as AEW and Makito, another person that's in AEW and. Um, a lot of the roster, uh, Shoko Nakajima also did a couple matches in, um, AEW as well. Um, so for me, that's what I was most interested in, but like, there are a few people I've heard of and, you know, you know, the reputation, like, you know, Tetsuya Endo, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, uh, Kanasuke, uh, Takeshita, Takeshita, like I... I've heard I've he's done AEW as well, but I you know you see his Crage match, you hear people talk about him like he might be like the best young person in DDT ever. Um, so I was um interested. So when I see the list of certain people, I'm like, okay, so I know where this person is from, um, and I know some of the goofy things they do, but I've never seen much Noah. So Zach said to me, give me a list of stuff to to check out. Um, so he mentioned this match. And he said that I would like Kino or Kino. I don't know yeah, it's Kino, Kino or Kino. Kino. So I'm watching the match and Kino and, uh, and the rest of the Noah guys, <laughs> they all come down, all six of them, and they're all in red or red and black. Um, and they all look like athletes and they all, you know, flex and pose. You know, they look like they look like they're getting ready for a football game. And I was like, okay, I respect it. And then out outplays the DDT gangs music. They come out and they all look like backyarders. <laughs> Have you? Ever, I've never heard of backyard Japanese dress, but they all look like backyarders. Half of them got t-shirts on. No shade if you do. If you can work, you can work. I don't care. But none of them look all that athletically like like there's some you know superb athletes. Uh, they come down to the ring and they got gimmicks. And one has a bicycle. And it yes, made me think he's of got a bicycle. And it made me think of a uh, hyper myself from Tokyo Joshi Pro with her fake or her like uh she's basically like has this game where she's almost like Hurricane. She thinks she's a superhero superhero um out of comic book. And she you know, she she has a almost like the Batmobile. I forgot what she calls it, but it's a it's a it's a it's a bicycle that's trumped up with, with shit on just like this uh, in this match. Anyway, they got they got like wings like they can fly there's an iron fist with an oversized looks like a hulk fist that kid that you that you buy for like a kid's toy except it's it's uh, it's the shape of metal i'm like what the fuck is this look at these goofballs and pretty much the match starts and it <laughs> like uh Kasuhiku Nakajima just beats the shit out of one of this old guy, and the way he's beating this old guy makes me think of like the Yuji Nagata and I, th- I think that was Sanshiro Takagi, who's the Booker. Okay, <laughs> I, I think. Well, anyway, it reminded me of like the beating that Yuji Nagata took against Minoru Suzuki last year. Like the way he was selling is like he just getting slapped to death, and he's just like selling, not selling, just falling on in a in a just a a like a sack of bricks at times from the, from the beating he's taken and they just whooping his ass. And then like, it's almost, I don't even think there were tags in this match. I don't even remember or if there were tags half the time people got in with no tags. So I just did a no tag match. Like it's Lucha rules. And it's just crazy stuff going on. And, but the main thing is like the homie Kino 
does not fuck with furious. any of the, does not fuck with any of this DDT shit at all. Which is Bro. like he's you, no selling. You see the look on his face. Yes, and he's no it was, selling. It was amazing, and he's no selling all of their bullshit. Like, there's a spot where Buddy gets the gets the wings on the du- the dude, the old dude gets the wings on. All and gets on the top turnbuckle and goes to jump off with with the uh, fist. The homie Kino ducks that shit, beats the shit out of him, grabs the the, the iron fist and throws that shit into the stands. And I was like. I want to stand in applause. I said I was in a room by myself. I was in my bedroom by myself, so I didn't do it. <laughs> so, that's, so that's how much I fucking loved it. Um, they they did a spot because they have the uh, the horizontal ramp Bro, that he, goes. He he had this look like you were dis- disrespecting Masawa's ring. Yeah. Like you will not like you will not disrespect this sport like it just the look on his face the whole time just just furious. Yes. Dejected. It was. Like, imagine if Walter had to wrestle these fucking clowns. Like Imperium Walter, I know Walter is with the goof is with the goofy shit as well. But if you do the the ring conf Imperium Walter gimmick, he comes out and he sees these clowns acting like this. It's the same face of like, what has become of this great sport? Where are the real men? <laughs> like, like, yes. So he has would thing. ask, "What the fuck is that?" Like, yes. so there's a spot where. They get they uh the DDT gang gets an advantage and they decide well let's 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 crash the bicycle into them so they get on the vertical ramp go all the way up the ramp to, uh towards the uh entrance and then ride towards um Kino Kino just he he, he just moves like I'll move like the like the joke about Harley Race I'll move like what's your finish kid it's a, oh it's a, it's, a, it's some type of splash top rope all right I'll move like he just side steps out the way beats up like three motherfuckers. Gets on, beats up the bike, rips the rips all the, like the the goofy stuff that's all on the bike off. Takes the bike all the way down, rides the bike, and then runs over the fucker to try to run him over. And then, and then, all of the deep, all of the Noah gang gets in a circle, and they, Rich, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? I know what you're talking about. Uh, I've never seen the movie, okay. but when you're talking about Office Space, there's yes. only one thing you're going to talk about. Yes. So, Office Space is about these guys. I'm, I'm sure most of you have seen Office Space, but long story short, Office Space is about these guys that are sick of their office job, and one of them eventually comes up with what I did to um, steal fractions of pennies from his job and have them deposited into this multi-million dollar uh, company, and then over time it will make him money and he's embezzling from his company but he quits and as he quits because this this is just a monotonous routine life you know monotonous of my life gets old like Cam, like Cam used to say yes. they will always have issues with this one copying machine they would always fuck up and it would always be paper jams the day this dude quits all his friends quit too and he says hey follow me to the to the uh, to the quarry what for I got a present for y'all he throws in he throws the fucking uh, he stole the copying machine, threw it in the quarry, and these three in a circle of three stomped the dog shit out this fucking <laughs> machine. <laughs> they were and, punching in the machine at one point because the dude hated the dude that hated it the most. Like starts beating it with a baseball bat, beating that bitch with a bat, right? And then throws gets rid of the of the baseball bat because that is just in the way. You are that is less that is less efficient than using my bare hands to beat up this. Fucking copy machine. This big they plastic stomp, thing. They stomped the dog shit out this bicycle. <laughs> it was just the best. I was like, 
man. Yes, yeah, they, they hate all the same shit that I hate. Fuck that spot. Run that run that nigga over with uh, with the shit you try to kill him with. Kill him, and then they just beat they just beat up this uh, bicycle and then throw it over the side. Right. Match continues. There's a guy uh, named uh, Kamagu- not Kamaguchi Sakaguchi. That's that's on the Team DDT side. He's the only. He's out of them six Bro, dudes from DDT. Shit out he's of the only one that I fucked with. He reminds me so much of Alistair Black without flipping with the tattoos, with the with the black kick, uh, with the black kick pass. He had no boots on, but just a killer striker. Um, takes a lot of punishment. Um, really crisp, just crisp. Just I, I love this. I, I'm I'm going to check him out in the future. The three people I'm going to check out that I've said to check out in the future would be Kinu, of course. Um, Sakaguchi, and also um, Nakajima, like those three were the th- were the three standouts in the entire they're, they're match. There were levels above everybody else. I'm not saying whether or not I know how if, if anybody else is good or not, but they clearly stood out among the among the other twelve, among the other uh, nine. Actually, there was. I don't know if he was one of the people that was. They were basically exchanging, uh, you know, penalty kicks. Yes. I don't remember if that was him or not. Okay. Yes, yes. That was um yeah, so that was Nakajima and Sakaguchi that were just exchanging okay. them heavy kicks for, you know. Yeah. yeah. Those two were awesome together. Yeah. Uh but yeah, and then at the end DC ends up getting a win because yes. Yoshihiko uh p- pops up and uh yeah. chokes out Kino with yeah. uh the assistance of Sakaguchi. Sakaguchi uh, had Yoshihiko. Sakaguchi, okay. Yoshi, for those yep. that I know, Yoshihiko is the blow-up doll that's in that Kota Ibushi match that everyone talks about destroyed wrestling, even though we're still fucking here uh, on them years yeah. ago. He is yeah. a running... Uh, that blow-up doll is a running gimmick in DDT wrestling. It's a part of why I talk about the Asimov wrestling. Now, I've, not to say that I do not think they, the Yoshihiko stuff... Yoshihiko stuff has not been good at times. It's just that, like, that if, if you're into that kind of stuff... Good for you. Fine. I can only take it in small doses. I cannot take the whole thing. Pause. So, <laughs> so I didn't realize I was saying it. So for Move me, on. so for me, um, like whatever. Like they they choked out the homie um Sak- or not Sakuri, the homie uh I think it's Akito. You know, Akito. is like a small flyer. He looked good, but they didn't really showcase him. It wasn't about him. But he ended up getting caught and choked out. And at the same time, uh, Yoshihiko, with the help from Sakaguchi, uh, was choking out Kino, and Kuno couldn't make the save, so he he passed out before he could break up break up the submission. So Kino, he he's furious. He wakes up. He's furious. He storms off. Like I think he threw over railing on the way out. And I was just like, I love this man. Even like they protected him. He was a, he was a star of the whole fucking match. He's awesome in the match. He hated all the same bullshit that I hate in pro wrestling. It's just, just he he's he has skyrocketed up the James Boyd rankings. He was really skyrocketed. Like I'm going to do like a top hundred poll of my hundred favorite wrestlers uh in a, at any given point in the year. And like <laughs> if today we did this, like he might be in the top thirty five. And I've only seen Russell one time. That's how much I appreciate him not being with down with the DDT bullshit. That's funny. Um, but, yeah, up next we had a tag team match, and this was the match that I wanted to see the most uh, going into the show. Kanosuke uh, Takesha and Yuki uh, Ueno versus Kaito Kimiya and Yoshiki Inomura from Noah. And my fucking God, this was great. 
Um, I immediately want to see a Takesha Kaiser Kiyomiya singles match. Yeah, I don't know what has to happen to to, uh, to get it, but uh, somebody needs to uh, figure it out. I thought uh, Yuki Ueno was awesome in this. Uh, this was just like like it was uh, supreme technical precision, big moves, athleticism, and you start looking at these guys. Kaito Kiyomiya is 24. He's apparently in some storyline where it's like, hey, Kaito Kiyomiya must uh, Kiyomiya must suffer. Like they're basically beating him all the way down, kind of like you would think they're doing with Hangman, but Hangman <laughs> got a wing last time. But um, they're beating him all the way down, and they're going to bring him all the way back up eventually. But um, Takesha is a guy from uh, came over to AEW, and I was sold on him when I saw him there and he didn't even do like a like a like a um he didn't do he didn't go crazy okay he didn't yeah he didn't go crazy he didn't do like a main event style match uh in aw but you could see all the ability that he had there right and then there's they're stapling him to kenny so you know he's like like they want to do something or whatever but um here is just like I see. I, I see why the the critical acclaim is is you know followed him and uh, at his early age. I watched his match. You know, I may have mentioned on the show him and Tessie Endo for 2019. Incredible! Like if you've never seen him, he's like the six two Japanese guy. Looks even bigger. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, for, and that's the thing. For some like, strange reason. Yeah, like I don't know if you if you saw me, but uh, um, while I was watching the match. Just looking at you know, looking at the twelve man, seeing how small the say how much there was in the room, and then seeing how how big Takeshi looked in the ring, I was like, hey, how big is he? Because like, if this is a New Japan size ring, like Takeshi got to be like six six. Then you tell me he's six foot two, and I'm like, okay, this is a small ass ring. This is like some fourteen by fourteen type shit, like yeah. I, <laughs> or sixteen by sixteen, because that ring looked like he looked gigantic in that ring. Yeah. Um there was just a, a part in this match where it was good. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's like, Oh, the level has gone way the fuck up. Oh, um, would, would you mean when like he or me was in the ring? Like this match may well yes. has, this match may well has been a, a, a um, <laughs> a, uh, a two on one handicap match and kill me was by himself. Um, no, no shade to the, um, and dude. Like he looks like he's pretty good, but he seems like a pretty, uh, from what I've saw, he seemed like a power wrestler that wasn't really in his element for what all the th- stuff the other three were trying to get accomplished in that match. Not to say there was a Styles Clash. I, I get this match four and three quarters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I've only given like six matches or-, or seven matches of rating that high this year so far. So I, I thought this match was awesome, but the-, the it was at its best when Kiyomi was in the ring. And um, it, like, the, the Takeshita and uh, Ueno pairing felt like I was watching like. I don't know. It felt like it felt almost like I was watching like Okada and Robbie Eagles together, <laughs> or maybe, yeah, like, or maybe, or maybe even Yo. But it was it was just, and and that's a crazy thing because like Kiyomiya looks a lot like, uh, or as far as the hair and and the paleness, like he he reminded me lot of um of Yo. Except he had way better gear. He had incredible gear. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he like he he you know obviously the size and and what in his age or whatever else, but like. That that dude looks can't miss for uh for Noah. Um now watch him fuck around, I never see him again. But um yeah, yeah, like I was just really impressed by all three of those guys, uh or or three or actually, you know, 
four of them were good, but like I was very impressed by three by the three guys we, we were talking the most about in that match. And I, you know, I'm interested to see what all of them do. Yeah, Kyle Mia is 24 years of age. He's been wrestling for five years. Um, <laughs> like, and he's he's a boss. Hey, and, hey, Rich. Uh, yeah. Besides Matt Riddle, what five what five year like American wrestlers wrestling like that that we that we've seen recently? Man, um, I'm sure there's some of them. There does not mean it I'm sure mind. there's somebody, um, but they're probably in their formative stages and they haven't like got that far. Yet. Yeah, like you're not being allowed to wrestle on a show this big with four thousand people when you know a show of the year thing and you're what fourth from the top or something like in a 15 match card or third from the top. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I they just kind of ended up here by circumstance because they weren't in the title matches. But these yeah. are top guys in their promotion. Yeah, this was a top uh, match. That, this was the number one match on the card that wasn't a title match. Yeah, or the highest, um, the highest sliding uh, match. So um, after that, we had the Princess of Princess title match, Miyu Yamashita against Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, I think Yuka Sakazaki wrestled this match like you see this outfit ain't nothing about me soft like <laughs> that's, that's what I like she, you know you can come out here me Yamashita you look like you smile less than 20 times in your life it doesn't matter I'm gonna fight you back like um, but yeah this was a war like just, this this was the best performances I've ever seen from well I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen a lot more Miyu Yamashita than than um, than Yuka. Like no but, sloppiness. But just... what I will say, what I will say is this: this is the best match in Tokyo Joshi Pro history. If, depending on how you want to feel about it, whether it's technically a Tokyo Joshi Pro match, it was a, it was a title match for Tokyo Joshi Pro. It was a Tokyo Joshi Pro match. This is the best Tokyo Joshi Pro match I've ever seen. It's the best one I, of all the ones I've seen that have been ranked high on the thing. Like the top is like four and a quarter. This is a full on four and a half star. Match that I'm sure a lot of people would think of giving uh four and three quarters. I won't go to Harvard to give it four and a half flat, but like this was easily this is an easy four and a half. And like that match that you could have with uh Mizuki uh towards the end of last year, that this match smokes it. And I was super happy because their uh January 4 match from last year, um, I was disappointed. Like it was like a four star match, but I expected better of them seeing what I've seen them do with other people like Mago Satamore or or Yuka, you know, elsewhere. And to see like they finally got that vindication on their biggest stage and had their best match in the company's history, I was promotion history, I was super happy for them. Um and is in like what I saw to Yuka was like she really no, she like, really brought theory. out the aggression and she was that's really like, like like it wasn't cute. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, with her style, like, because of how she looks, you know, you think that she's soft. She's never been soft, but this is the most aggressive I've ever seen her in a match before. But so it was really entertaining to see her just, like, going to murder Yukimo, which I didn't know existed, but she beat the living shit out of uh, um, <laughs> Miyu, and Miyu was working underneath fight. And it's not something you really see out of Miyu, unless she's, like, wrestling, like, Mako Satomura. Unless she wrestles someone that can kick her ass, it is also a well-known ass kicker. She normally wrestles from on top um, in a lot of her matches. She's really good at it. This is the first time I've ever seen her do this in, for most of a match, and it like worked to this degree. Love the match. Um, Love creativity. You, just, you cross each other up a million times. You know that they've wrestled, because they've wrestled each other a million times before, right? Um, and it was a battle for the aces, and Miyu came on top um, again. Um, you know, Yuka got her, uh, got her, 
got her big win last year, and it's like you'll see how this goes from year to year because when they're fighting over the princess, princess of princess belt um, from year to year. Yeah, can't wait to uh, to see kind of like where they go and who else they get in the mix. As an undercard, I saw a couple, um, you know, other wrestlers from Tokyo Joshi Pro, and it was like, um, you know, it's anytime you have a great match, it's like, all right, what you do with these people, yeah. you know, after that. So, well, um, it, it was top- interesting. Well, it was interesting to see what was in the um, who was there, like cornering people, because like mm-hmm. it was like those two are in the ring. They're the two soft stars in the company, in the promotion, and then like the next four were <laughs> all at ringside, like between Maki Ito and Shoko and um, <clears throat> um, blanking her name right now. Oh, Mizuki, and then um, I forgot the other girl's name, but like those are like the best, you know, like Mizuki's Mizuki's raw. She's not as good as uh Miu and, and Yuka, but she's also but she's very good. Like she could be in. She could be in the upper upper echelon of stardom. Like she's that kind of good. Um, but yeah, like it, it, I would love to see. Um, oh, Rika Tatsumi wasn't there. That I, didn't, I don't think. But like outside of that, like pretty much all the big stars uh, were were there cornering uh, for that match. So that was cool to see. Yeah, and then the uh, two title matches: Jun Akiyama defeats um, Hiroshima by referee's decision with the um, uh, the damn. The the fucking guillotine, Uh, kind of a classic style uh, heavyweight championship match. So they didn't do like a whole lot of crazy moves or anything. It was just solid technical wrestling. I would say throughout it, I probably say probably about four stars. I'd say Uh, Uncle June does not lose in the month of June. Uh, I don't know who you was thinking you was about to try Hiroshima, but um, he remains on top and. Grandpa Muto actually broke out a moonsault. Um, I thought he was done doing the moonsaults. And when he hit, you knew them knees wanted to explode. Uh, he dropped the title uh, to Naomichi Marafuji. So yeah. instead of olds on top, it's just a little, you know, not as old on top. So Marafuji, like, gets the belt back. And, um, you know, if there's somebody to put over Kaisaki and Mia in the future, maybe it's Marafuji. Um but yeah, yeah, this was this was as good as about as good as you could think. I would say for uh, someone that wrestled Muto. in the eighties. Yeah, Muto <laughs> at this point he's like fifty eight. Like bro, like like for being fifty eight, like, and you're giving us a match that has like a seven point two eight rating. Like I I guess you can live with that. Like it's not a disaster. Is is it like your match of the year candidate or something? No, no. but like. Casey Muto is gonna do that at this age. Right. Like, it's right. not bad. Also, Rich, think about it like this, right? In the last two weeks, Muto and Sting <laughs> run it back. Open the door. <laughs> Open the door. I can't make, believe. Make the call. I make thought, the call, Tony. I thought. Remember that's oh, remember he was one of those judges during the um during yes. the title match. But Muto's part of AEW lore already. Yeah, but what I was gonna say is like I can't believe that Muto and Sting are still out here doing this shit at a high level. <laughs> what? Did not have that on my board. No, this year I did not. <laughs> Just amazing. But um. 
yeah, if you guys uh, want to check out that show, it's on uh, the DC Universe, um, whatever the hell they call their subscriptions. There is, I have it. Um, I think it's I would check Universe. the show out. Yeah, um, like I said, you can just let it let it play while you're you know those of you that work at home, throw it on in the background and then you know just look up from time to time and then by the time you're in the middle of the show you're gonna be starting to see some good stuff so i'm sorry it's russell universe that's what it's called sorry russell universe okay yeah Yeah. um but yeah man um that that'll take us into the uh news of last week the wwe (laughs) that'll that'll, that'll take us into the to the american portion of our programming (laughs) the bullshit Yeah, so um, I guess we got to start with the WWE releases from last uh, Wednesday. Um, so, from believe the six, the six were Braun Strowman, Alistair Black. Um, oh, I'm blanking on her Lana. name. Uh, Mercedes, not Mercedes, Santana Garrett. Um, I had to list up a second. Lana, sit down. Lana Murphy and Ruby Riot. Right, 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 right. Yeah, man, like. Has there been a release more shocking than Braun Strowman in like since we've watched uh that we or that we didn't see coming, not someone that wanted out and then they got out, like it was unannounced, that it was unexpected. Like is this the most like and, shocking and it, it unannounced? Good. And it didn't have to do with no like problematic shit that we know of and like yeah. there was no reason for that man to just be dumped. Right. I would think so. Yeah. Um like from what I was hearing is like they think he's a big guy that's two years past his peak. They've got other giants on the roster now, like almost like Shanky, and I I would advise them like you know it seems like this thing was uh you know I think I heard Joe Lenz describe it as like yo this is what happens like in football like they're they're trying to shave salary for like a cheaper. Like they're trying to get relatively what they see as the same value for a lot cheaper, and it really gives like you know like the philosophy of them hoarding all the talent. It seems like it's changing now. Like the like they're releasing people like and not caring. So maybe it really is budget cuts because we've long said that this is not a real. This is not a practice that is a fair to the wrestlers, fair to the fans, or like. You know, it's just something they do. Just it, and it, and we call them out for taking people off the board for years and years at this point. Yeah. And it seems like it's going the other way with this stuff now. And whether it's gearing up for a sale or Nick Khan just coming in there and being like, um, "So you say you're not in the wrestling business? Let's act like it." So, <laughs> like, and let, let's tighten up some of this payroll. Like, and <coughs> um. Strowman's absolute shock because you would think <laughs> Braun Strowman is what that fucking building in Orlando was made for. Um, you, a guy that walks in there, tried hard, sucked, got better, all through through pure you know want to, and you know I've had my run-ins with Braun Strowman online, but like I said, I've never like really judged him or anything for it. But um, I think he's, uh, I think he was one of the best guys of the one nation radio era in wwe um he's one of the most over definitely hell yeah like there was absolutely a window we've uh all through in this archive of yep. one nation radio we have documented how over this man was how much they blew it with him when they blew it 
we can literally probably, you know, if we had like some type of producer assistant be like, pull up the Braun Strowman audio files and then put that shit out as its own podcast. And then it would just be fascinating to, to hear like the, the roller coaster, um, you know, that's has to do with his career. And he was just in its title match last month. And, and with Matt, yeah, him and him and Drew McIntyre had a, him, Drew McIntyre last year had a great title match. That was mostly yeah, built man. around Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre throwing each other around. Yeah, man. Um, he was in a WrestleMania they, match with, with Shane McMahon at last WrestleMania just months ago. Two months ago. He, he, he was the victim Fuck of off. he he was the victim of them only wanting Roman Reigns to be over as the top hero in the promotion. Um they saw that shit getting over and knew they had to cut it off. Just absolutely comedic booking from No Mercy 2017 to uh, WrestleMania 34, where he loses to Brock Lesnar. He gets put in the the triple threat, so Kane can take the pin and essentially banned from the Royal Rumble. They add an extra man in the Elimination Chamber, have Braun Strowman defeat every single person in there, just so he can bow down before Roman Reigns is like the West Side Connection, and then he's teaming with a child like. I can't think of like, you know, you always hear Vince like saying what WCW did with Big Show, right? This is wor- this is worse, like absolutely worse. <laughs> Remember what happened um from Survivor Series 2018 into uh WrestleMania 35? You remember what happened? <sighs> I'm sure you can take me through. Oh, also, I'm not done with with the Strowman shit. So, like, then, like, he gets the whole thing of being Roman Reigns' condom, like, with the money in the bank briefcase. (laughs) Like, because it it, it extends even more because, like, Brock and Roman, like, just keeps going. And it's like, they use him to, like, shield that whole title change, literally. And just, like, the one guy that, that you could always point to, I think, if you're a Roman Reigns fan, and be like, Hey, that's a guy that Roman Reigns helped get over. He's not even there anymore. Right. And I'm sure most of them are happy about it, which is fucking Mind crazy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, do you ever hear do you ever yeah. hear like Rick Flair fans talk about like how much they hate Sting? No, because he made Sting. He made Lex Luger. Yeah. Like you know saying? Like, no, that's not how it works. You want those dudes to succeed to show like, look at the greatest, look at what this dude has breathed life into. The number one person on Roman Reigns' thing for this is Braun Strowman. He can make an argument that like there's not a strong case for anybody else. Do you want to say? Uh, um, do you want to say Buddy Murphy, who he had one match with, and then like he didn't do, and then he became a, a disciple, and then he wanted to date that 19 year old, and he's 30 something. No, fuck yeah. off. So like, and I don't, and I'm not trying to make this thing about Roman, but it's like this was so stupid. It was. It, it's shocking. If you like, think it's, you, it, if you it's, think it's a, it's as, literally the demonstration of their bad performance center, their bad booking, and their bad star making. Uh, it, it's literally all three three levels of it. I, okay, so they think that they can make another Braun Strowman while forgetting that how, has to be it while forgetting what they invested into Braun Strowman to get him off the ground. They put him in an overact like the Wyatt family. He stunk that bitch up for months and months and months. It was at one point we were like, is he one of the five worst wrestlers in the history of major American wrestling? And we were like, 
No, but top 10 probably. He was that bad. He was awful. He was a giant that was told, he was a giant monster told to never leave your feet and was constantly falling all over himself all the time. Um, to go from that to those Roman Reigns matches to uh, some of the stuff he did with Kevin Owens to some of the stuff he did with Drew McIntyre of late, like, he's absolutely one of the big success stories of the PC. Out Like, that is, uh, that's not a woman. Is anyone else? Until he was look, until he wasn't. Like <laughs> but, but the thing is, even though they screwed him up, like you look you can go and look through Brandon Thurston's and, and uh, Russell Nomics stuff as far as like Google search data. He's still one of the most over acts in the company. So for you to say that so, so for them to over the last like couple years, so for them to come to the conclusion that like we can make another Braun Strowman is like obviously fucking not. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know how Vince like gives the green light. Like yeah, we can we can get rid of him after looking at the kind of shape that man's in now, uh, compared to when he first showed up. And like, I don't get it. Like I'm lost. I'm I, I wouldn't consider myself like this huge Braun Strowman fan or anything. But like, you can you can right. just take a look at at the, at the fucking uh, take a look at the resident take a look at the future potential. Take I know look his knees ain't that damn bad. Like I don't. <laughs> I mean, we talk about this all the time. I don't get it. We can we can dislike somebody, and we talk about it often with people like Cody and Bray Wyatt. If they're if the crowd's going nuts, our opinions on this person, as far as their quality of the of the what they do on TV, starts mattering to us less and less. There's been times we were like we go back to was that um, but that be uh, SummerSlam when he debuted again uh, when Bron- or when Bray debuted with the with the with the murder clown thing against uh, against Finn Balor was that 2019 yeah. SummerSlam when that yeah. went off we were like hey they, they got them something right that's that what we said we got they got themselves something when Braun Strowman blew up they got themselves something like every single like we are not beholden to our opinion as far as saying like we don't like this person or we don't like what they do when, when their time on our television and. And regardless of whether or not they're over or not, if they're over, our opinions matter less and less. And he got over, so like I, 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 I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. It, it makes no sense to me. Um, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know what his prospects are in for wrestling outside of WWE. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't yeah. even know if he would want to do anything outside of WWE. You know, he stuck his foot in his mouth with his oh yeah that part indie wrestlers, and that's not going to go over well. I'm imagining a lot of circles. I could easily see him laying low for a couple months and them trying to bring him back in at a lower number. Um, I think if you're Tony Khan, you have to make the call and see, you know, see about it and be like, hey, can you take the F10? Like, that's, <laughs> that's what you do. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, like, one of the premier big men of this time just dumped aside like common trash. I don't, I'll, I'll never understand this. Yeah. Um, so I guess we move on to Alistair Black now. Alistair Black. My God. <laughs> Alistair Black, former NXT champion. Um, I saw someone make a tweet saying about how many people, there have been more people that were former NXT champions that were cut than actually became WWE or top champion on either brand. And then someone's response Amazing. was, and someone's response was, <laughs> well, yes. clearly, clearly that's NXT's problem. And I'm like, Okay, um, so NXT figured out that Seth Rollins should be the first NXT champion if yep. he becomes a WWE Hall of Famer. 
then Big E becomes the second NXT champion. And then becomes a WWE Hall of Famer, future of WWE Hall of Famer. Probably in the probably one of the what at worst the second greatest faction homegrown WWE faction ever. Anyway. Yeah. Then they do Bo Dallas the joke to transition to TV with Neville. They have Neville. Neville becomes a cruiserweight champion. He's five foot seven or something shit like that. Regardless of how good of a worker he is, regardless of the talker he became, it wasn't going to work out there because it's Vincent Mann's um, wrestling circus. And you must be this tall to play. Um, then you get Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn has all the characteristics and traits of somebody um, that should make it at a certain level in WWE. And eventually he got there after he bitched and moaned and whined and Vince got tired of holding that dude under his thumb. He finally got there this year, six fucking years later. And there's injuries involved with that, but you already know what it is. Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, the first battle of WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, even though they've, they've, you know, they've done goofy, they've nerfed him to death, right? Um, go from there, Nakamura. Nakamura is going to be one of those, in, you know, college basketball, or I'm sorry, uh, basketball, you know, international picks. Um, you look at his main roster resume, not nearly as, you know, as good as you wanted to be, considering what he was doing in NXT. Bobby Roode, they, they screwed that up. Not er Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, just too old, didn't work out, but incredible promo for his time in the company. You go to Drew McIntyre, Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode's in a solid tag team right now, a solid guy to have in the roster. It didn't work out to that extent. It was a weird period in uh, NXT at the time. Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre is the first ballot WWE Hall of Famer now, after two years on the main roster or whatever. Once they finally gave him a push, like, it's, it's a wrap. He's like, he is one of the two people that, on the main roster that get should get any MVP consideration from a, um, a overall wrestling award standpoint. Him or Roman Reigns. Like, that's been the case for the last two years now. Um, so then you transition around and you go to uh, Andrade. Andrade's gone now. Um, Andrade was did had all that great work wrestling with the top guys in SmackDown, and they never decided to do anything with him. Unfortunate, because if you don't talk English perfectly, they they won't fuck with you if you're if you're Mexican. And then if you do speak perfectly, she'll still find a way to fuck it up like they do with, how to do with Garza. So, um, then we end up getting to Alistair Black. Alistair Black was one of the best babyface champions in NXT history. Um, had great matches from anywhere from Gargano to Adam Cole to um, Andrade to Velveteen Dream. The green Velveteen Dream. Um, that dude is one of the best wrestling in-ring talents in the world. Striker, grappler, flyer, submission specialist. He can do it all. They never found a place for him. His best spot he ever had was when he first came in with, with Ricochet as the tag team. And then they kept him undefeated. They didn't win at WrestleMania. They shit them off to different spots. And then they fucked up both of them in different ways. Um, Boy. Sad shit. Um, they were part of the most talented uh, NXT has ever been. And they're in. Look what they're doing now. One's on. One is. You know, is tweeting through the pain right now while he's on man, man. and then the other bro. one, and the other one is gotta, now. Um, in Trinidad, got to change her Twitch password, bro. Like just every day, like Alzer Black just 
an hour at a time just like talking about how much like all his ideas that he had that they mm-hmm. loved that they could just never find a spot for but they loved him <laughs> but they fired your ass like okay so I'm uh, not gonna uh, this, this is the thing for me I don't know how much you 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 peeped up Alistair Black's um, personality or his uh, viewpoint or outlook on life he's a very positive dude not saying that he's positive enough to believe all the stuff he's saying, but I don't think he's a person that harps on um, negativity much. So, like, the fact that he's not, like, just lambasting WWE and or some bitter person or using it for, you know, to get himself hype, like, going to the future of his career, I'm not surprised he's not like, he's he's not doing that. Um, so, I, I'm not, so, like, that's kind of in his temperament to not really get hung up on all that kind of stuff. As far as the, you know, saying nice things about the company, he worked there for years. Like, I mean, I don't think given, I think that a lot of people have this thing into where they think that like people's creativity is stifled. And then like they turn into John Moxley. I think people get creatively stifled and then keep coming up with ideas. And if they, and you know, they keep coming up. They keep basically like turning cheek, keep turning cheek because they don't hold it personally. And I don't think, I think it's only people that like left this. It worked. It didn't work out. And he's like, you know what? It listened to my ideas. They, they, you know, it just, it, none of it went through, but you know, whatever. I, I made more money doing this than I did doing wrestling before. I met my wife here. I think, I believe. So I, I think he taken it away like that. Um, like, and you know, there's it it a lot of stuff you heard John Moss say at first before he proceeded to bury them for the, for the next two years. But, you know, if if he doesn't want to do that, or and that's, I don't think that's really in his nature to do that. So, like, I don't really hold it against him. I, I, I know people want, like, you know, the super talented guys that get, you know, the thumb, you know, they get fucked over to be like, yeah, I got fucked over. I, it was unjustified. And I'm going to, you know, tell you about my plight. I, I I guess people just were left disappointed that didn't happen. And he hopped the fact that he hopped on like so fast to do yeah. that. I'm like, bro, like you're killing your mystique. Like you're killing like the like there were two ways to do this. And I'll use another guy that was released for as an example. Fucking Buddy Murphy sends out a tweet with a fucking email address and a countdown clock. Like, and then don't you want to see his next move? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I, I think Alistair Black, like, and I think Alistair Black, some, some of the stuff that he was pitching was absolutely batshit insane. If, you know, personally, I didn't, but. I didn't listen to much of it. I just only, I just only heard the tenor of the conversation where people were like, either saying like, there was one side, it seemed that was like, why is it dude not bash these people for, for leaving them, for basically keeping them creatively on the shelf for, for a couple years. And then the other side is like, why are you miserable, you know, <laughs> anti WWE fans, not upset at this person that y'all claim y'all like, because you're not bashing the company. So uh, for me, it's just like, I don't care. I don't I care, if, I don't, I don't care I, if you bash it or not. Like he, he's not there no more. Like if he wants to bash, that's his prerogative. If he doesn't want to bash. That's also his prerogative. Look, cause look, he could have like, right. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, um, I, it, if they like you so much, could, could you explain the part where they left you in the closet for seven months? Right. Like, what, you know, do you have anything on that? Like, yeah. I, I think the real thing also is like, 
I think he might still be processing, but it's like they were about to put me in this thing with Big E, and then like right before it happens, like they take me, like, they fire me. It's like what the fuck? It's like well, they you're like well, they kind of were listening to his ideas. They're about to put us in a Big E feud. It ain't happening though, now, Alistair. <laughs> Bro, like like Jim Ross literally laughs at people that say the. Well, Vince loved me. Right. It was just creative that you know right. it could like Jim Ross makes fun of wrestlers for for saying right. this. Like because think they about like have this. these people brainwashed right. in there still. Well, it's amazing that this is working because they have treated talent so, or they have they have tr- done this weird trick with wrestling and pro wrestling, uh, where like them hiring you is like them doing charity for you like as opposed to like your talent you generate a certain amount of money for them and then they off the off of what you help bring in for them they give you a certain percentage or whatever else they don't, they don't they don't see it as people they are the business now they don't they do not see this as um they are a part they see it as like they are like they don't see it as like they are a four or five star recruit. They see it as like they are some two star recruit or whatever else that they're so lucky that Florida State or Florida sends them mail. It's like nah, man. Like look around. Like you you were getting any you were getting pretty much any any booking you can you uh, you wanted if you wanted to. Tommy end. I don't understand why no. this is. You know, I'm not saying just specifically him. But I'm saying a lot of these people that are like the best of the best of the indie scene. Like they brought you in to try to stop whatever was going on the outside. No, that's not a that's not an opinion. <laughs> that's not an opinion. So like, act like it's it. been said before. Like, some of the biggest marks are the wrestlers themselves. And uh, I look, Kevin Nash wouldn't have been doing no shit like this. Like, <laughs> like what would Kevin Nash do? You know, uh, you know, you think Bret Hart would have been doing this? Hell no. no. Like I like, but he, but you gotta remember. Bret Hart grew up in a whole different. Remember his dad. His dad yeah. was a Booker. Grew up in a whole different generation where like the stars actually realized, actually looked knew they were stars. Now nobody believes they're yeah, actually man. stars. Several people that actually become stars that Vince likes. Like it makes. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there. It makes me feel like you know I like wrestlers that feel like they believe in themselves. Like and all that stuff. Like Tommy End saying now it's just like, damn, you don't like like. I don't know if you believe in yourself. Like, mm. so it, it's just, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, are you trying to make yourself more attractive to somebody else by saying like, or even WWE again? Like, because like, I'll tell you something, man, they was bending over to bring, they was bending over backwards to bring Alberto Del Rio back. They brought Jeff Jarrett back. Like, it doesn't matter how you treat them on the way. out. <laughs> like, it literally doesn't matter. Well, I mean, like Vince basically career bringing motherfuckers back, so yeah. it's like, uh, well, Vince is like what seventy five, seventy six now. Like, eventually, is that shit? Gonna it might get, not be Vince. Exactly. Eventually, it might not be Vince, and I, and some tell me Triple H will, will not be as um will not be as res- reticent to bring people back as uh Vince was just to say that haha, I got you in my pocket now, pal. You dumbass. You think you think that you serve you think that you served this dude by you cutting checks to him? You dumb motherfucker. Like, Think how stupid that sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you talking shit about me, and and now you work for me. Yeah, good, good job, Vince. Good job. Yeah. You now subsidize yeah. my hate for you. That yeah. that's a that's a real mindfuck for me. Yes, I, yes. 
I get this. I get to steal with. I get to steal from you legally. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Whatever you do, Alice Black, stop doing Twitch streams, please. All right, so, <laughs> Buddy Murphy. Okay, so I don't have much on Buddy Murphy. Um, obviously a super worker. Um, he seems like a person that's going to be an impact or something like that. Um, New Japan is a possibility because obviously that's what that's what the move sets from. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Um, you know you know he can he, come do Undertaker versus Undertaker. I shot some my boy Aaron Ratowski. He can do you know Kenny Omega versus Kenny Omega. You know uh, on in AEW. You know bring in you know buddy, and then you bill him as Kenny Omega. You know and you just do a mirror match. Wow. You know. Um, I mean, where do you? Do you have any best guesses on, on or stops or you or, or where would you like to see him instead of doing regular speculation? Where would you like to see him? I would like to see him in Impact. Uh, I think Impact's doing a lot of great things. They the one thing they do need is like superstar workers, and I don't know if he's a superstar, but he's definitely a worker, and that I think can become a superstar in that environment. Did Wesley Blake just go to Impact? Um, Steve Cutler did. Oh, Cutler. Okay, okay, okay. The other uh, yeah, so. Okay. So he can go there. He can go to New Japan. Obviously, he can go to AEW because, like, AEW's not slowing down on signing people. I don't know. I don't know why. He's one of the more talented wrestlers. Obviously. And I don't don't know why people think AEW's run out of money or something, but (laughs) they they, they do this. Like, 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 uh, it was like, y'all putting beans on toast talking about AEW's broke. Like, no. Like, (laughs) like. Like, do people not realize how yeah. far like a hundred? Does people not realize how far the Kevin Durant contract stretches? Bro, and there's more now. I know since my, they got the second right. show. My point is like just off dynamite, they have the Kevin Durant contract. Like, what makes you think they can't pay? Like, if they're if they're making forty million dollars a year, what makes you think they can't bankroll like this many people? And obviously, a lot of these people like you know aren't all signed. Some of these people are just making just dates. Right. So, um, yeah. Wow. Then right. there's, then there's Lana. Um, we all Lana. For, for, look, look. First, first time I ever got like a million views on a column was about Lana. Um, you know, quite friendly because motherfuckers, you know, was thirsty. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, I had the info ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to see her in AW. I like. You mean as a wrestler, as a valet, or? Or not her manager. Really, either. It feels like hustling backwards, putting putting her uh, with with Miro at this point. Think so? Like, them actually being programmed together was a long ass time ago. When you think about it, that was like 2014, 2015. You just feel like Miro's like doing different things. Like he, he can talk for himself now. Um, he's already has a belt. Like it's not like he needs something to get him over. Like he he's already over. So. Well, uh, I don't want to see it. I'm sure he's going to push for it. I'm not looking forward to it. Well, somebody that uh, that we talk to quite often, uh, Floyd, quite awfully, often says that like, what's better, what's better for a wrestler than having a hot woman with him? So, you know, Jim Ross is there. I'm sure he, I'm sure he feels the same way. Oh, I'm sure, man. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll push that through. I'm, I'm sure yeah. it's already been in talks to happen. Um, yeah. Ruby Riot, Ruby Riot got options. Um, she can go to NWA, she can go to Impact, she can go to AEW. Um, 
you don't really get like that kind of age, that kind of experience, um, that kind of uh, road tr- or roads traveled in like that package. Absolutely and, and beloved. Yep, that absolutely, too. absolutely beloved in wrestling. Like names as big as The Rock reaching out to her and saying, "Hey, keep your head up," like you know, yep. shit like that. So, um, yep. like, yeah, you can kind of tell. You can kind of tell, like, me and Yim, Shayna, um, Ruby, Dakota Kai, like, that group, that PC group, beloved, (laughs) beloved, (laughs) you never hear any bad things about any, uh, behind the scenes about any of them four in, in that, in that particular group. As far as like that little time frame, Candice would be um, involved in that. It would be involved in that too. Like it, it is something about that particular click and the way they kicked it from you know from Shimmer to Shine to Stardom and back. Um, that like they just have a lot of respect. And you look at what you know what they did with Ruby when they put her, they brought her in there and put her with um with. With uh, Sarah Rowe, who obviously already had uh, any run, with also with Liv a piece here, and what they thought for Liv at times, and how she's improved over the years. Um, to respectability, like when she had no business being on TV at the time, and like obviously that comes with being with Ruby, and like I don't think Ruby ever fully got her due, but we kind of knew that was going to happen when she got to the main roster. Um, like it, so we'll see what they do with her. I, I think, um, obviously, like we'll see what they do with or what she wants to do or whatever else. But like, I, I would, I would like to see her somewhere. Um, I would like to see her in AEW. I would like to see her in, in impact. You know, I would like to see her in the NWA, especially if they're doing what they're doing with the NWA belt and they're keeping it, just keeping it to themselves. Um, but yeah, like she, she's going to get, if she wants to keep wrestling, she will get hired. Yeah. And then Santana Garrett. I mean, it just ain't work. Like, it didn't work out. They didn't even try. <laughs> Um, I th- I think a lot of it was we don't want her being signed somewhere and took her off the market and never used her and um she'll get dates on the indies like she used Shimmer Shine um maybe NWA I can see maybe Impact I can see I don't necessarily yeah. know about a- AEW I think AEW has enough women um I think they have enough women that are that are promising with uh less experience so i don't know if you want to even bring that uh bring that in um or bring her in but you know she's well traveled she's professional yeah um she'll get so one, obviously speaking of aw so um new assigning aw andrade el idolo um so quick wrap up for the aw episode i think it was possibly one of the worst dynamites they've ever done hmm. i don't think they tried um <laughs> the first hour start quality from the second and they pretty much told dustin hey save the show in the main event uh in they tried but i think the show was too far gone the brit segment was terrible uh with the burgers and the coupons i think they're going to go to nyla and brit now um at, you know to spin off uh, no hangman uh, sighting. Uh, Bucks had to, you know, do some cheating in the opener to win. Um, lots of interference all over the show. I think it's like starting to, you know, become more noticeable. I would probably try to put a kibosh on that 
get some clean finishes in there because when you're needing to do like distractions and red velvet versus the bunny, like why are you protecting feelings this hard? You didn't have a problem with beating people before is, has there been a change in philosophy? Please let me know. Um, but they brought out uh, Mark Henry. Of course, he said something that I'm kind of not happy with. Like they seem to hint at him possibly wrestling at some point. Um, huh? And, Yes, yeah. So that he's someone he got a lot left in the tank, and they told him he dropped weight and all this other stuff. And I'm like, can he do a six man tag with somebody? Fine. Can it be some goofy undercard match? Fine. To be fair, they've done nothing but positive things with like older guys like that um, in the time that you know they've existed, but. However, when you first hear the idea, it's just like, I don't, I didn't sign up for this. Um, the, uh, then he, you know, Mark Henry was cut off kind of by Vicky Guerrero. She came out, then introduced Andrade. Andrade came out, spoke English pretty much, you know, as good as he could. And it was like, hey, what happened to, you know, that thing they said that his English wasn't good enough for promos? Oh, that was bullshit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, maybe his English wasn't good enough for memorizing paragraphs of dialogue, but <laughs> he seems like he speaks the language okay to me. Uh, he said he's going to be the face of AEW. Uh, apparently, he has um, negotiated for some type of creative control in his contract, like li- what they've termed limited creative control. I don't know exactly what that means, but um, I don't know about starting to give that out because once you give that out to one person, then anybody else that's is trying to do contracts, you may run into that whole thing. But Andrade I'm, I'm has worried, a thing worried like, about being WCW where it's like, all right, getting lawyers on the phone. I, yep. I had to put them over, bump me up, bump up my pay. Right. Look, right. Or like, and, and I think, Andr- and I think Andrade like pretty much was like, Hey, I could just go back, go to Mexico. Right. And say, fuck y'all. Right. And, and at that point, you got to kind of got to like do like, for the level of wrestler he is, I've always wanted to see Andrade end up in AEW. Um, I think it's worth it. And then, you know, you sell him on the environment, you book him well. And, you know, on the day it, it comes for, you know, to him to face somebody big or have have a plan, you know, have it not just like, hey, you know, like don't, don't do a bullshit ending, but say, hey, how can this be beneficial? Figure it out. There's lots of professionals in the room. Um and you know, just just don't create uh, the a line of bullshit that could happen. Um, Here's my thing: but, right, he became a superstar that drew a Mexico, but not in America. He was the NXT champion. Like he wrestled for multiple years on the main roster at WWE. I don't think he's a stickler for 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 uh, creative control. If he's if he became a star wrestling in Mexico with all the goofy, crazy, nonsensical finishes they have in their wrestling <laughs> and fuck fuck finishes all the time. Like I don't think it's as big as deal as I don't think you. Th- I think you're saying you, there's a potential for this. I'm not. Cons- I, I'm not really that concerned for the potential to draw that all of a sudden become some huge thing with him because like where he came from was like oh you want to oh you fuck finish okay. Okay, he just right. shrugs and walks out. I don't care. Like, I just want to wrestle yeah. and have great matches. Like, <laughs> so yeah, because he, he and, and there's, there's so gonna be unhappy. lots of 
there's going to be lots of great matches for him to have. Yes. Like uh, Chad texted me with idea like, hey, how about Jungle Boy tries to come of age in a rivalry with El Idolo? Um, oh, he can, know, get, how, oh, he can get the original uh, Judas Effect then. Yeah, you know. He, you know, how about Jer- Jericho, Sammy, you know, um, MJF, Kenny, Hangman, and Andrade. Like, that's like a that's a perfect, like, upper mid-card match right there. Like, if it's – good God. Like, <laughs> I love that match a lot. Pack and Andrade. Like, mixing Death Triangle and the Elite with uh, Andrade in any type of combination. Uh, you already know what it is. Uh, Christian and Andrade. Andrade is um, – he brings something different since he was in NXT and in WWE for all – you know, while the rest of these guys were kind of exploding. He's another uh, – I talked about the tree branches – last week like he's another branch that i think people can go on because he's a fresh matchup for anybody he can even yes. fight cody um i think it'd be a good match i think they'd have a good match like you know you look at the match that he had with um with pentagon earlier in the year like i think i think that him in um andrade i'm trying to have a good match with anyone but you get my point like i think that like cody would I think Cody would be able to do the trip because, you know, obviously when he did the triple A thing, a couple, uh, was that last year or two years ago? Like, I think, yeah. I think he enjoys Lucha Libre. I think he enjoys like that element. I think he will, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a challenge for him that would get him invigorated. And then like with Andrade, like he come up with something really cool. And I think, I think, I think Cody's at his best behavior in, in wrestling match with, with people that he knows can go. Like someone like a Darby, someone like a Jungle Boy, like some of the people that he that were younger that he wrestled in the um, uh, the, the TNT Open Challenges or whatever else. I think that's that's how you get Cody on his best behavior, as opposed to some of the nonsense he does. Um, so I, I yeah, put I him think, in there with I, somebody better. <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I meant people that like he just realized like I I don't have to do all this to get a match to a certain level. Like I think Cody, for all of the, I think for all of the the bluster and all of the. Um, all the bravado. I think that he realizes that like he's only so but so good, and then like that's why he throws all the and you know he's also his, his dad, his dad's son. So he like those crutches. Like he goes back to those the the them bag of tricks or whatever else, as opposed to like nah, man, just go out there with Darby and, and just just wrestle really really hard. Um, and the match will get to that certain level. When Andrade said it and forget it. Yeah. Um, him and Moxley would be a. Pretty oh interesting God. match. That'd be so fun. That'd that. be so fun. Like, obviously, you know, we got the Triple Mania match coming with Andrade and Kenny. That's going to be <laughs> something else. Um, then uh, I'm trying to think who else do they have that might be interesting. Orange Cassidy could be. Uh, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. If, I don't know if Pentagon and, and Andrade have ever crossed paths before. I think I looked it up, and I'm not too sure because you know, obviously, you know, two different sides of of, yeah. of the other, uh, you know, the Mexican two labels. So um, there wasn't too much um, interaction between CMLL and AAA. We get a uh, Ray Phoenix, you know, and Andrade. <laughs> well, know, I mean, that's the first match you think of, or at least that's the first match I thought of. Sting and Andrade. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, bring Rick in. Oh, Rick can't come yeah. in. He's on the contract. But you get my point. It's like, oh my god, son, in, son in law versus Sting. Yeah, Rick son in law oh versus god. Sting. Oh my god. Oh. 
but Sammy Guevara and Andrade is pretty much what I want to see at some point. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, um, the show was nothing to write home about. Um, the, I think the finishes were like problematic in a way. Uh, mm. Like it's like, yo, like figure, figure this shit out. Uh, that Friday night uh, taping schedule is killing them. I think they're doing dark and killing the crowd before they do it. They're doing so many. Um, are those shows uh, live? Or are they taped? Before that. So the shows that have been on Friday so far have been live. Oof. So the crowd like was like dead by like the 11 o'clock hour because they've been sitting out there. Because they forever, put dark, they, then, they put out like the dark. They obviously means they put out like the dark and, and dark evolution. I'm gonna say elevation. Ele- elevation matches on first, right? Yeah. Oof, that's rough. Yeah. Look, and what's what's happening is dark and elevation are getting the environments, and then you're getting that first hour, and then they're falling off a cliff, like in that right. second hour. Makes so, sense. like, um, yeah. So, like, I I can't wait till the playoffs are over, so AW can get back to their regular time slot. They did 462 thousand viewers in that 10 to 12. Uh, on a Friday with a point nineteen in the demo, so um, they're. I think they're learning a lot. Um, I think if I was Tony Khan, I would try to <laughs> like. I don't even know if obviously um, if you can renegotiate that ten to eleven because I think one thing about the ratings that um, I don't think people are, are taking into account is there will be no eleven to twelve hour, and no matter what you put in that twelve hour, like you know. Uh, you can put, you know, the return of fucking Nick Bockwinkle, like <laughs> some shit, like I don't, you know, you know, you know, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin is out there at eleven forty-five. Ain't nobody tuning in for that shit, bro. Like if it's Friday night, eleven forty-five. Like people at the club, like this is a company that draws the youth, so like they're 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 out, you know. Um, but uh, I, I think the the Burrow match was. Okay, Comoroto's still got a lot of factory wrestler in him. I think he's a good prospect. Um, did some no selling. Uh, he did bleed. Dustin was the one not to bleed, which was fucking shocking. Interesting um, in the bull row match. But uh, yeah, but besides that, like I said, uh, Christian Cage and Jungle Boy was a little fun tag team. Um, a go-go knocked out Cody and QT pinned Cody, which was kind of fucking hilarious. I'm sorry, what? Um, I, okay, uh, yeah, for those so, that are listening, I have not watched Dynamite yet. I will get to it eventually. I'm behind on a lot. Um, doing a lot of catching up to do um, over the next week so we can do um, a show, a midweek show um, where we preview NXT uh, TakeOver and also Stardom's uh, pay-per-view both on Sunday. So uh, I'll, I'll get up to speed quickly. Yep. And then, you know, the Bucks, like, forcing Brandon Cutler to cheat for him against his will um, <laughs> in, in the in the opener. Uh, <laughs> How did that work? So they, they wrapped it up on BTE. So, like, he was like, man, I like, Brandon Cutler don't want to cheat because he's really a good guy, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, you know, they start holding him contracts over his head. Like, oh, yeah, you, um, you know, oh, you, you just bought a house, right? And he was like, yeah, man, you know, 2,500 square feet, you know. And he was like, how long is that uh that mortgage uh, last for? He's like, oh, 30 years, man. He was like, oh, 30 years, huh? You know, it, you know, and they were like, oh, yeah. You know, so you're going to need to pay that mortgage for 30 years, right? 
And then he's like, well, yeah. He's like, well, in that contract, you know, you're gonna you're gonna need like your your job to continue providing for your family, right? And then he eventually he cheats against like like this happened after on BTE, but like it plays into the finish of the match. Um, so I'm so I'm guessing Death Triangle. You'll get what I say when I say it. So I'm guessing like uh, Cutler never signed an ironclad contract, huh? He signed the one they gave him. Mm. <laughs> the one they gave him. And it's not even the case of he signed the ironclad contract. Is that the contract is quote unquote expiring soon? Is the contract going to be picked back up? Mm. Okay. So, um, yeah, deep lore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, you know that's pretty much all I got on the wrestling. Uh, the Lakers went their ass home uh, this yep. past week. Sure did. Um, I don't know what to say. It's just you know, niggas broke up after this long season. I, I thought this would be one of the best Lakers teams ever. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, but even before they got hurt, like when they were, they had the best record in the league or the second best record in the league or whatever. Like, they were winning in spite of the fact that like their shooting never came around, and then they got hurt. And the only thing that was consistent about them was. Their defense is great. Their offense is a mess because LeBron or AD aren't playing the minutes they should be playing, or they should be playing, or they're missing half the season like AD did, or LeBron missed like two months or whatever it was. And like, but their shooters never came around in the way that they did last year in, um, in the playoffs, or even during the regular season when they, you know, one um, of that run before the um, the pandemic hit, but. They gotta they gotta invest in shooting. Um they got they gotta invest in shooting. If they do that, then they can figure out the rest. Like they probably never should have let uh Dwight Howard go, but you know, Dwight Howard's probably one of them people that is like, if he comes back for a second year, he might be a psychopath. So or, on the court it um, might work, but it might like mess up team chemistry. So I don't so who knows? I don't or I don't know if they, they had his bird rights or not whether they could afford to go over the cap and dig dip into the luxury tax. So like that's why they might have brought new people in. Hmm. I don't know. Um yeah. I think Dwight but, originally thought he was coming back and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, all right, well I guess y'all don't want me and he ended up going to the Sixers. Yeah. Um yeah, so I don't know. Like they gotta figure something out. I, I would probably say try to get healthy. <laughs> yeah, the main thing, like, hey, uh, Anthony, like, and this, that's crazy Anthony about Davis, this. Year, like, can Anthony you not? Davis, can, can you not be a be a like a like a, a glass like made of glass, please, sir? Like he was hurt all Thank year. You. Like even when he was playing at the beginning of the beginning of the season, he wasn't himself. So it's like he whatever happened, like he has himself some months to get over that shit. And LeBron can LeBron will be fine. That was an ankle. Um, that's not something that's going to hinder him long term. It's not like it was an Achilles or a hamstring thing or whatever else. So they'll be back. Like LeBron will be thirty seven, but he's still LeBron. And like, so the only thing that's going to happen to him is like maybe he tears something in his, in his core again. But you know, that freakish stuff is like freakish stuff. Um, yeah. So I think they'll compete next year. Um, I think they'll make. I think they'll make better moves this offseason than last offseason. Um, I think they need to invest in some type of youth um, with those. Like Kuzma? (laughs) I mean, I don't have a problem with Kuzma. It's like, bro, like, 
when you out here in the Bel Air Academy offense, it's like he's taking scraps. So, like, he's not going to get the opportunities he got before. Oh, no, no, so, no. My, my point is, like, he's he's inconsistent. And, I mean, obviously he's a younger player, but, like, it seemed like he had to define a role before everybody started getting hurt, right? Like, he realized he had to hit the offensive glass. He realized he had to become a better defender. He um, realized that like it's not he needs to like just put the shit up and like try to slash and try to cut off you know cut back door and stuff or whatever else. Right? He became like a key. He, he was like one of the better like bench guys in the league this year. And then like AD and LeBron got hurt and he had to play more. And it was like. It was kind of like he was on the old those older Laker teams, like the original Laker teams he was on. Where he's like, he's more or less kind of sort of the kind of the man, or he's the second man on the team. And then like when they came back, like he never found the balance to get back to that. Um, so mm-hmm. you know maybe that's just a weird thing where that happened to him, and he has to like recalibrate. Um, Caruso should be the starting point guard for the Lakers unless they get like a Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry type, like let Schroeder walk. Can't rely on him. Score, he'll score zero points in a fucking playoff game. <laughs> yeah. And he plays bad um, defense. Yeah, I, you won't get me defending Dennis Schroeder uh, because I can't trust somebody that can't shoot, like, to begin with. So, um, or, like, he's not even a threat to get hot. Like, he's, like, <laughs> like he's just kind of hanging out. Um, and I don't know. West Matthews. West Matthews looked good at times. Other times he didn't. KCP. Some. He didn't look nearly as good at times last year as he did this year. But he's always been a consistent shooter. So like maybe next year he'll probably shoot fucking forty percent for all we know. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not nearly as down on him as I've as I was a couple years ago. Right. Right. Um. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's more or less. Our t- I mean, I don't know what adjustments they may have to make. Adjusts around the Drummond's probably going to walk. They got to figure out something with Montrez and uh, Gasol because I think both of those guys have two year deals. Nothing Montrez has a player option. Nothing to point out. This have you looked at this year's like free agency class for big men? No, it's fucking horrendous. Mm. Like Ilya, so like Ursan Ilya Soma might be the best big man in the uh, potential potentially in the market this summer. Look, he's still in the league, right? Right. Um, yeah, uh, and, and there's a there's a youth movement going on all over the NBA right yep. now. You you can just look at the playoffs. It's turned the generations are turning yep. over right in front of your eyes. Well, I don't know uh, if so much the generation turn is like as far as like LeBron's in year fucking what uh, 17, 16? 18. He's going in eighteen. Or was it eighteen? No, this, this was eighteen. Holy year. shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, like he's he's super old. It's just he's LeBron, so like we don't think of it that way. But he's super fucking old. Yeah. Like um, who 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 else is thirty six or older in the league besides him, and Chris Paul? I'm sure there's some people. I don't remember. Carmelo. Don't Car- yeah, because Carmelo's this age. Yeah. Is, is there anybody from like the O two? Is it. there anybody from the O two draft still in the league? Because I don't think so. No, there right. there can't be. Right. Unless it's Udonis Haslam. Oh, that shit don't count. You know, that man man was a coach. That man damn near a coach. (laughs) UD is like 40. He's still in the league. 
Yeah, that man's out there as a coach slash ambassador slash we screwed you. You took we lowballed you on deals and you took home team discounts for us. So we are paying you on the back end. That's exactly what that is with him. Let's see what draft we was need, you know, we, need a, we, need, we he, he was not in a draft, but he was supposed to be in the two thousand draft, but he was undrafted. The two thousand draft? I believe so. No, no, two thousand two draft. He would have oh, been okay. the O2 draft. Yeah, so think about that. How long has Amari Stoudemire been out of the league? Amari Stoudemire has been out of the league since like... Like five years, six years. Yeah. Playing the big three and shit. Yao Ming was also in that draft Yao class. Yao Ming, yeah. 2002, Jay Williams. <laughs> Mike Dunleavy. Right. Like... LeBron's like obviously he came out of high school, or whatever, and he's one year um old or younger than that class, but like Dwayne Wade's not where to be found in the league. He's about to leave for how many years now? Three years? Two like years? Three years, yeah. Yeah. Let's see, two thousand three NBA draft shit. Should we just jump to the two thousand four NBA draft? Like Who else because... is there besides like Dwight? I think that I think Dwight might be the last man standing. Um yeah, like Sean Livingston, long gone. Devin Harris, Luol Deng, long gone. Long gone. Okafor, gone. Bingo. Iggy's still hanging around. Yeah, on the end of bench. Yeah. Um, you think he's going to coach? Smith was in the league last year. You think he's uh, going to coach? It, I think Iggy will coach. Okay. Unless one of his, um, one of his uh, Silicon Valley projects takes off. Oh, yeah, that's coach. right. That's right. Um. Yeah, Virgil, long gone. I don't think we've seen Virgil since, since the 2016 finals. Al Jefferson, does he is he he's still hanging around or is he gone? He been gone. I feel like I should jump to 2005. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Wait, the 2005 draft? Shit, Andrew Bynum was a 2005 draft, wasn't he? Yes, long gone. Been Andrew gone. Bogut, long gone. Yep. Marvin Williams recently retired. Stuck around forever. Darren Williams, long gone. Oh, yeah. That 2017 draft was last time, or 2017 finals last time we saw him. We yeah. stunt that bitch out. Raymond, is Raymond Felton still in the league? Can't be. Hell no. Hanging on somewhere. Nah, remember, uh, he, Charles Villanueva, been gone. Been gone. Sean May, Rashad McCants, the rest of the North Carolina dudes. Nope. Gone before, like, you know, like this decade. Sean May is Andy the... Grander. Sean May is the assistant coach for UNC now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess we should probably talk about that whole situation, but at Duke. Oh, Coach K, that's right. Yeah, Coach yeah. K is hanging it up after oh, five million... After, like, five million years at Duke. Um... <laughs> The I don't mean to sound I don't mean to sound bad, but like Coach K been there for a long time. Coach K took over what the what the early mid eighties, bro. He took over in like eighty one, eighty right. Yeah, like built the program damn near. Like okay, so they had some success, but he. I'm trying to think of a program to be so. It's kind of similar to like if uh, if we get to like twenty years from now. With Clemson and Dabo, where it's like, yeah, they you know, they won some conferences, and yeah, like in the '80s, they won a national championship at Clemson, whatever else. But like, that shit is totally different from what 
this program is now because we have this guy here and he may not have built our name originally but like from here on out you're going to remember this coach in this program like we may like it's him like coach k is like coach k is the guy there um and there's really no there's really no if ands or buts about it put a lot of dudes in the league um a one of the best in-game strategists ever coming in out of timeouts in college basketball a a person that I think best exemplifies the idea of what you want out of a coach for for um kids becoming men as as if they will you you will push them further than they think they can go become the best players they could possibly be on the court. And then when outside of the court, he is caring and wants you to become the best person you can be and the best adult you can be. Um, which is something that I loved about. I've always liked about and respect about coach K, even though I hate Duke's guts, but, um, it was never any ill will towards K cause he built a great program. I obviously you have the jokes about, you know, um, and you could do the same thing with Roy um, once he, after a certain point with uh, UNC, where it's like you are ter- shun- I'm seemingly selecting these stable situations as opposed to going after top talent. Um, the top talent is what's going to break through and get you future recruits. What are you doing? Coach K eventually said, "Enough of this shit. I'm tired. I'm I'm just going to go out in there and get Jim Walker for. I'm tired of shit. <laughs> like I'm just tired." Um, this whole last decade, he spent like pretty much like undoing the criticism of the previous decade um i would say yeah from zion to tatum to yeah, yeah. marvin bagley to right. <laughs> tyus jones right little okafor right but uh, I, who's there now james johnson i would say that the criticism is only a criticism if you're losing or if you're not winning a national championship every every three years, um, yeah. which is kind of standard that K set for himself in the in the '90s. Um, but like, I remember that night. I remember that like late '90s Duke team, but like that team, like they had like Maggette and, and Trajan Langdon and um, Elton Brand before. Like in like I think was Batty a freshman on that team? Yes. Yeah, like that team was hella black. The team had hella and yeah. and hella diverse backgrounds. That's why I didn't. I I, I never understood. Like cause I became I became a Duke fan like two thousand two thousand one. Like a lot of dudes I like. I was like Jay Williams, Shane mm-hmm. Battier, Carl's Blue. I'm like ain't nothing but niggas. Like what y'all talking about? Like and then <laughs> it, it, it goes back to it goes back to the eighties, yeah. right? So like yeah. Um, the the thing the thing with Carolina and Duke is this, right? If you look around, I think Bo might explain this. Um, but. If you look around at state universities with basketball teams around, whether it's like a team like Louisville, um, Kentucky, Kansas, Indiana, any any like traditional UCLA, North Carolina has like this a special relationship with the actual black residents of that state. And I think, and a lot of that ties back to Dean Smith being the first to integrate the a- ACC. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, in at that point in time, Duke had 
did some things whatever else but like it's a it's a school that mostly people you know go to from out of state basically coming down from uh like the northeast to come down and go out of state there and whatever so like so for black carolinians like they love them from north carolina right that's how you that's how you end up with like jordan and perkins and um and daughtery and all them all them dudes from all them country ass uh dudes from from the back rows and coming into the triangle or coming to chapel hill specifically um so like when duke comes around duke duke you know johnny dawkins obviously and then and then you have the run where you have like jay billis and i'm trying to think who's the other uh, white guy danny ferry ferry yep thinking of ferry and then next thing you know like you get bobby hurley and christian leitner and then like you get the weight the thing that people don't understand about Bobby Hurley and, and Leitner is like, yeah, you can look at the get, hair. They get it out of the mud. Right. You don't understand that. You don't understand that like Bobby Hurley's dad was a parole, was a parole officer. You know what I'm saying? While also coaching uh, at that, at, at, um, at that school in Jersey, you don't understand that Leitner was like a middle, wasn't, wasn't like, was a working class kid. He wasn't some prep school kid or he went to a prep school, but because that was only because of how he, how good he hooped. It wasn't because he had the money to for that. He was on a scholarship. So look, Christian Leitner came out there and give it to you 30 but you in your gotta, face right. and win. Right. And the thing you also got to look at is <clears throat> all of those teams in the 80s as a proliferation of like schools getting uh, college basketball powerhouses getting blacker and blacker whether it's like Carolina was already had that like we mentioned like Georgetown coming onto the scene like Nolan Richardson popping up at Arkansas like it was all these schools getting blacker yet Duke is getting whiter and like they're getting the coldest white boys because like, cause like at the time, like Kentucky was down, which is where they used to go, but they're going to Duke now. And it's like, it's like they have the bag or they, they don't have the baggage that Kentucky has like the Adolph Ruff and all the racism. <laughs> so it's like, so like the people that are net that are, you know, 15 to 17, you a white boy and you're in America and you want the coldest basketball players in America. He's like, it used to be the place to go was Kentucky. And then Eddie Sutton, Eddie Sutton fucked it up and is like, oh, I guess I'll be going, where am I looking to go? Where am I looking to go? Oh, Duke. Duke pop, popped up. What's this? What's this? Okay, ACC. We played, we rivaled with Carolina. Y'all made some Final Fours. Why not? Why not? And then it worked, it worked. And then, you know, like, then you get like the Woges and like, that mid '90s thing was as successful as it as it um as it was in the early '90s, and then they then they load in and say fuck it, Elden Brand or Elden Brand Maggetti Battier bring your ass here, and then like next thing you know that kind of cycles down, and then you end up getting like the Reddick in uh, Singlers or whatever else. Like it's always been this fluctuation, or at least last like 25 years of fluctuation, where it's like he wants. Whereas like it, it keeps going from stability to these guys can draft too high to stability to drafted too high to stability and now he's at this course where it's like guys just gonna this that's the game. Guys just get drafted high and leave regardless. I can't I can't change this tide. Roy, you know, once a buddy from uh the center left for, uh got in the transfer portal, you know, a lot of people think that was Roy's final straw where it's like I can't do this with people just just wanna just leave because they don't get to play in time because they're aren't ready yet. Like like you look, I think of like 2000, um, that 2012 team. Why, like that was my last like diehard Carolina team. Was like, 
They had McDonald's All-Americans and guys that stayed for another year, like Harrison Barnes. It could have been a lottery pick. They had um, a guy like Tyler Zeller who was on the national championship team in 09 and was weak and had to become a better player to where his, senior, his junior senior year he actually became um, an all-conference-type level player. Mm. Like, ain't no point for that now. Like, at, at this point, oh, lottery sniff, I'm gone. Yeah. And I think for a lot, think, and I've know, always, I've always kind of like, you know, I've always said when you're that high, you got to go. Right. And I, you know, I have a special attachment to, you know, all the different Duke guys of my generation and K let them all like, you know, dear Jay Williams, Mike Dunleavy, Boozer teams rolling into JJ Reddick, like who I mm-hmm. absolutely adored. And, you know, people that damn near ruined the program, like Paulus and McRoberts and, <laughs> um, yeah, and then like it, your Nolan Smiths and your 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 three S's, like and then that team, you know, all going through juniors and seniors, and K just figuring it out with them, and you know him, you know, being the coach while USA basketball rescued itself, like it, you know all that stuff, like well, he to, is a testament to the game, yeah. like and that's the thing that K was smart about was like, yeah, I'll do Team USA. I'm also tired. I'm also tired of getting these like McDonald's All Americans that's gonna be here for four years. I was tired of that, and he, he changed it. Like, I don't know how much this ever gets talked about, but like, the Team USA thing is is at least at some extent a reaction to Calipari with getting you know John Wall and Boogie Cousins back to back years, and then going from there to Julius Randles, Anthony Davises, and shit. Like every single year, just reloading. Like he was like, "Hey man, I'm tired of this shit." Like. I'm I'm trying to do this and like he is he just retools and he gets a new team every single year and there's and there's actually stability in it as opposed to you know as mm-hmm. opposed to thinking like you know the you know if you put in the hard work not necessarily the hard work if you if you build in the growth it eventually pay off like yeah in some cases like a like like that 2017 you know, Carolina a lot team like- but that's like the last team that's like that really like if you're one of these powerhouses. Like, nah, you gotta retool. Like, every two years should be like the time where, like, the roster looks completely different. And, like, for fans, I understand that's frustrating, but, like, for a coach that's old school as, like, Roy and K, that had to be a word to, like, hey, man, what is, what even is this now? Bro, you know what it's a lot like? It's a lot like three point shooting. Like, oh, we figured out that all we gotta do is shoot threes. It's like, hold on, all we gotta do is recruit superstar freshmen. Oh, okay. And then, like, the light bulb went off. Like, I'm probably gonna pay attention to obviously K's last season like more than I have paid attention to Duke in quite a while they didn't even make the tournament this year well that's Um, okay so I remember the rule I don't remember the thing was it that buddy was it somebody didn't show up or somebody left right I think somebody left somebody left and then either y'all didn't either y'all had a bad season or y'all were headed towards a bad season and y'all basically like ah screw it we we, will draw from all of it cancel the season well, that's more or less like y'all, then y'all. I'm pretty sure y'all canceled the season before y'all even finished it out, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think that happened. I, I, I don't remember, but um, fine yeah, by man, me. Like, you, you think you think you think that first weekend uh, for Carolina was fun? <laughs> Roy, Roy said, "Fuck it, never again. <laughs> I'm gone." <laughs> yeah, but the John Wooden of our time, um, most wins ever. Um, happy I I got to watch. 
20 years of 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 uh coach k and i I still don't know how to spell his name um (laughs) maybe i'll make that my goal for the next 12 months is to to know how to spell his name um um i guess i should talk about his successor uh successor is going to be john shire um shires it's shire so shire's been his associate head coach for like seven seasons and highly coveted um he's pretty much been doing all the big recruiting like the last half decade How like old is he's shire? like 36 shire's like my age he's like 32 33 he had like a, a bad eye injury that forced him to retire like early while well, i believe he went back to israel to play 33 how about that yeah, so he's like almost he Coach 30, K's 30, age. He he's like the, he's like the age Coach K was when he took over. And it's funny because so, we always thought it was gonna be like dogs, and the dogs left. Yeah, yeah, that's a long wait, you know. It <laughs> or, is. Or, you never know what's gonna come. Or, yeah, or Capel or somebody like yep, that. Capel as well. Yeah, Amaker or something like that. But uh, I think Shire's a, a good choice. Beloved as a player, a fighter, a warrior, like on the court, and been in the role like doing the recruiting for like the last half decade like i said like your jason tatum's uh your rj barrett's like the guys that was you know running the point on that was shire um getting them there so i don't have a like i'm not worried about the recruiting or anything so i, I think it's a good to go you know get as young as possible um you know try to avoid that matt doherty situation like you know if you can you can avoid that like get somebody that's like kind of connected still um you know, I like it. Then, you know, he's going to have a year transition period to kind of learn on the job. And, you know, Coach K is going to get his flowers from everywhere, a, a proper retirement season. Uh, I wonder why Roy didn't do that. Um, I think Roy was fed up. I think Roy was just didn't want to do it anymore. And he was like, I'm just going home. And Roy was always that type where it was like, he can't, that dude's not built for a retirement tour because what you going to do, make, he you want him to cry three times every single game, every single road game. He's like, you know how many times he would cry um, in Cameron with all the with, for him not getting booed for the first time. Like, nah, <laughs> Roy's not built. Roy's not built for uh, retirement tour. Like I, that, I have, that been too I emotional. Wonder. It been too draining on him for, to do, to do all that. So like, that's probably for the best. He just said, I'm just I'm done. We have a successor. Like this has been the plan for years now. Um, it's now Hubert's time. And you can go on the press conference talk about your white wife. So, boy, yeah. Um, the um, I I have one request for Coach Guy. I know it will never happen, but I have no, one request. I know you're about to say it's not going to happen. You, no, no. For the last season, no. You got to stop dying the hair. No, don't don't no. don't dye the hair. You want that man coming out uh uh the silver fox looking like Roy? Come on, man. We, we know what it is. Let 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 K have that. Let K have that. It's either that or he has to show up jet black. <laughs> don't 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 fuck around with it no. halfway. No, no. He shows up with the beard, and the beard is also black. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I ain't never seen Coach K with no facial hair ever. <laughs> no, why? That man's an army man. Yeah, that's true. Oh man, that's funny. It is weird that like they they just retire like within a year of each other. They're just be they're gone. Like AC is totally un- unrecognizable. Like and Bayheim's Bayheim is 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 like the senior legend in the ACC now. That, that don't even feel right. That don't it, even feel right. 
it still don't even feel right that they're in the ACC. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna have to dive back into. I, I just started subscribing to some college basketball podcasts if I can stand it and like watch the game. Can, can, like that and like you know handle the freshman turnover and it's funny it's like there there will be i think college basketball is going to kind of go a little bit like it was in the older days however the teams like your gonzagas they're going to have like juniors and seniors and shit but they're actually getting other people now so like gonzaga has great roster right so we were talking about that like what's making what's making people just pull up to to provo now and like we were just talking about it's like if you are um the coldest white boy come the coldest white boys in the nation, you used to go to Kentucky. Then you went to Duke. Now, you know, for a while, you know, you had you know, Morrison happened, you had Gonzaga, like but now anybody now everybody's pulling up to Provo. Everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like what the fuck is that dude in, in the middle of nowhere, Washington? Listen to Wrestling Observer Live. Oh. <laughs> 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 but yeah that's pretty much all i got uh he's a great coach uh obviously hall of famer over and over i'll miss him and hope hope he uh you know hope he finds happiness in his retirement yeah shout out to coach k um that's in show y'all uh oh yeah um just heads up we will be doing a uh midweek show for one inch radio we'll be previewing um nst takeover in your house 2021 and we'll be previewing the um starting pay-per-view on have you watched that nc show last week yet i am behind on all american wrestling okay um i won't blow anything yet but i saw that card uh, for takeover on paper and it looks rough yeah we'll get to it um so yeah we'll get back to y'all like middle of the week so um but yeah uh thanks for listening be sure to rate us on whatever your uh, app you're using to listen to us with. Um, go to pressingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. Um, the newest shirt is always on top. Get into it. Uh, also go to red, our Red Circle page and drop us a donation and listen to the other shows on the network. Uh, 1H Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grumman Washes Shit. Durican Clyde Wrestling Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, uh, The Great Consequence Podcast, All Things Elite, and Great Math Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. <laughs> <laughs>